Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Zero episode 33 is officially happening. Um, I'm your host, Jenna Anderson, for this week. I am hosting for reasons we will get into shortly, but I'm very happy that all of y'all could be here. Um, <laughs> I just know that nobody, like, everybody's like, why isn't Brandon on the main camera? Um, but I'm going to today. <laughs> Screw that guy. He's out of here. <laughs> I'm joined today by Jamie Girac. Hello. I'm joined by Jim Viscardi. Hello. And we have our very own Brandon Davis live from CinemaCon. Um, he is in the middle of running back and forth between various panels, but he wanted to join and be live from the show. So here we go. What's up? Hello. What a great intro, Jenna. That was awesome. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, what do you have in store at CinemaCon today? I know you said that there's some sort of Disney stuff happening. Yeah, so I'm actually going down to the Disney panel in like a minute here. I'm hoping they show something because what Disney likes to do at CinemaCon is do like an update on their slate and then they go into a movie. So I'm going to watch Shang-Chi and Legend of the Ten Rings again. Humble brag. I know. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Humble brag. I know. I know. I know. I'm very. It's awesome. Okay, Jim. It's an awesome life and someone has to live it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just over here like I haven't seen Shang-Chi even once and you're over here singing it twice. Um, No, that's awesome. Brandon, I know you yeah. normally get, normally at CinemaCon they show a lot of like posters and uh, and things like that. Like, is there like are you seeing a bunch of that stuff? Like things that we haven't seen before yet, or is it mostly just stuff that that we all we all have seen? Oh yeah, so there's there's posters. Like if you look at this hallway, uh, people who are watching live can see this. If you're listening in podcast form, I'll try to describe it for you. So at Caesar's Palace, it's all very fancy and there's chandeliers and stuff, but. Surrounding that is movie posters. Like, it's basically a nerd's dream, I think, because I love it. If you go all the way down to the end of the hallway, like, I would walk down there and show them to you right now, but the service gets a little sticky, so I don't want to start cutting out. But, uh, like, there's, you know, you got No Time to Die, a poster you've seen before, but then there's the Zachary Levi movie, The Underdogs, uh, Halloween Kills. There's, like, a thing over there that just endlessly plays movie trailers all day. And we just saw yesterday, I was sprinting. If people were following on Twitter, my flight was delayed. I sprinted to the Warner Brothers panel. I missed a few of the smaller movies that they showcased at the beginning, like The Many Saints of Newark and Malignant and a couple others. But I got there just in time to see like the end of the Matrix trailer, which was awesome from what I saw. And then they showed a huge like Batman behind the scenes stuff. Uh, and then a, a long clip from Dune, which I imagine is going to be like a seven hour movie. If that clip is any indication. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm hoping that Disney does something. I have no reason to believe Disney's going to actually show us anything about their slate. I don't think they've sent anybody here. I literally think they might just click play on Shang-Chi. Uh, and so we get to just watch it. But that helps my breakdown video get, get arrive on release day. So that's cool. I'll be taking notes on the second watch through. Um, and then Universal has something later. So I'll, probably, I'll be going to that and maybe we'll get some Halloween news or something. So Very stay nice. tuned to comicbook.com for that. Shout out to our very own Aaron because he the meme that he had of you doing the weekend. Oh, speak of the devil, he's actually right here. Um, <laughs> wow, Mephisto. Mephisto. Um, Somebody no, say Aaron, my name. Yes, yeah. No, I was talking about your very excellent meme comparing Brandon running through CinemaCon to the weekend at the Super Bowl. Because <laughs> it was, was so long. perfect. Was I legit laughed out loud at that. It was amazing. <laughs> All um, right, so Aaron. And on that note, actually, I do have to run again. Uh, Got to get down for this Disney presentation. If there's any updates, I will text you guys and you can read them out live on the show. Uh, And Jenna, kick ass on this and have fun with it. All right. All right, y'all. I'll talk to y'all later. Have a good show. See ya. 
All right. So as Brandon said, I am the host for today's episode. So obviously, if you know me, that means we're going to do a five hour conversation about the Black Canary HBO movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. Just follow me on Twitter if you ever want to have that conversation, because I am ready to have it. Um, but in all honesty, we do have a ton of news. There was an Eternals trailer that came out since we last did a full episode. Obviously, we had the Spider-Man No Way Home trailer. If you want to hear our breakdown of that, we did a whole separate episode on Monday that was so much fun, so chaotic. And a lot of people joined in on it, which I thought was just amazing. And then we have a ton of actual MCU news to talk about. Like I was putting the rundown together and I was like, wow, on an off week, I feel like one of the th one of these things would be like all we would talk about for half an hour. And yet there's like 10 of those things. So yeah, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, starting off, we have the second and final trailer for Eternals dropped last week. Um, I know we had kind of speculated about it on here of like when it was going to come out, what it would show, what it needs to show in order for this movie to be a thing that a lot of people resonate with. Um, so I was just wanted to go around. What is everyone's general reaction to it? Like, what did everyone think of the trailer? Jim, you're up top, so you can go first. Um, I think it's a man. Uh, I'm shocked that we're like, they've said that this is the final trailer. I'm sure we will get like clips and things like that. TV spots and whatever that will inevitably show up that Marvel loves to do. Um, but for like them to just show us the teaser, which told us nothing and the trailer, which seems like it has told us everything um, is, is interesting. And I, I think it's one of those things where we, um, we we got a lot. I just don't know if it really explains how or what the movie is going to be. Um, I think I think it did a great job answering the question of where the hell were the Avengers, right? Um, uh, during or sorry, where the hell were the Eternals during Avengers: Infinity War and Endgame, and where uh, you know what is the threat that brings the Eternals back. And so um, I think on, on that front, it definitely, uh, it definitely answered those questions. I think it did what it needed to do. Um, I think the, other than that, we just need to kind of see where is it going to fit in, you know, obviously, you know, we know timeline wise where it fits, but like, how does it move the, the MCU story forward? in a way. Right. So the, the Eternals trailer, I think does, um, does everything it's supposed to do. I mean, look, we got a better look at their costumes, which I still don't am not in love with. We got to look at their big triangle ship, uh, a, a bit more, which is still a weird thing. And, uh, we got to look at, we got to look at the deviants too, which is, um, which is good. And uh, we'll talk about, you know, crow, uh, in a second. <laughs> so Jamie, what was your reaction? Oh man, I'm just I'm so stoked. I know that um like you guys as comics people um are a little disappointed in kind of the lack <laughs> of vibrancy. Mm -hmm. Um I'm yes. I'm just I think it's going to be like cinematography wise one of the best Marvel movies just because we've got Chloe behind it. So I'm really stoked for that aspect, but I am bummed for you guys that it's not quite the vision that you had imagined. So I I'm curious to see where how it's all going to come together and and how I I feel like we're going to land when the movie's all said and done, I think we're going to have different opinions. Uh, and I'm excited about that. Erin, mm -hmm. what about you? Aaron? Oh, we may have lost him. Can you hear us? <laughs> <laughs> nope. We definitely lost him. Oh, well, I will, I'll share my reaction while we wait to figure out what's up with Aaron. Um, I, I agree with what both of you said. I think the, the movie visually looks gorgeous and the trailer definitely showcases that. It's just the thing of, is this the right kind of gorgeous for the Eternals? Like, there's part of mm -hmm. me that does want the very Jack Kirby vibrancy and the just, like, unabashedness of the how wild those designs are in the comics. Like, it's kind of, it's a little underwhelming in that regard. I will say that the Funko Pops and all of the Funko merch actually sold me on the costumes more than any of the actual marketing has because I think that really conveyed how vibrant those costumes can be. Um, and yeah, it's like, I, I'm shocked as well that this is the final trailer because it seems like in the grand scheme of things, as we've established in our Eternals, like lesson episode, there is so much lore to the Eternals that I feel mm -hmm. like the, the trailers have only really scratched the surface of, like, I feel like there's so much more that you kind of need to educate general, general audiences on before you show them this movie. But I'm kind of curious about the fact that they aren't really doing that yet. So. Yeah. Um, I think the, the, the other thing will be interesting to just see how, studios 
modernizes, I guess, the concept of the Eternals and and then takes the uh, and then like is able to serve it up on a platter for for a new audience. Like, look, like Jamie said, like there is a very small audience of people who know like who love the Eternals, you know, like the comic diehards do. Right. And so like they need to do something to take that concept and make it accessible. And like and I think that that will be exciting. Um, I think the only thing for me, though, is uh you know i don't know if the trailer helped me in that sense but i'm i'm hopeful that when the movie inevitably comes out i will i will love it i i I definitely agree and like i know you had touched on it a little bit but i do find it really interesting that this is set after endgame i know in the past we had kind of speculated it would either be like during the blip or way before or it would be a little bit nebulous with time because i know a lot of jokes have been made about how the Eternals need to do a notes app apology for all of the things that they missed out on. Um, there are clearly a lot of incidences that they could have intervened in, even though they say that they don't do that. So I know all of those memes have just been hilarious because it is just such a, it's such an interesting choice to, to go with that sort of thing. Um, and then, yeah, Jim, do you want to talk about the crow design? Because I know I have feelings about it and I know you probably do as well. <laughs> I just... Not that I need a comics accurate crow, right? Because I, because I, I don't, I don't need that. Uh, what I, what I, but what I don't need, what I also don't need, is generic alien looking, you know, a generic alien looking thing, right? And I think, like, we've seen enough sci-fi movies now that, like, that design just does not feel. It doesn't feel Marvel esque, uh, and so. Um, I think it's uh, a that to me where I'm just like, oh, okay. But I think, but I think also too, my theory is that Crow is, while yes, he is the quote villain. I don't think he is like the villain villain of, of this whole thing. And so, because I think inevitably what, you know, what generally happens in, in eternal stories is it's usually, you know, yes, the, the, the deviants and the eternals hate each other and there's a constant battle for power kind of thing. And then, um, uh, but like sometimes it's not all bad. And so, so I wonder if, if that's what we will get, what we'll get here. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's just like in a post star of the conqueror world, it's kind of like, I'm underwhelmed by this sort of, creature design like I feel like there was a way to do a comic accurate crow that is just very comic accurate and unabashed in its sort of design so it it is interesting that they are taking a more subdued like you said it doesn't feel very Marvel like it feels like the Outriders did an Infinity War and like a symbiote like it feels like everything Mm -hmm. that we've kind of seen before so I'm curious to see how that actually looks in more than a few seconds of footage but we'll have on the flip side I think the Celestials look great right like from like kind of the top up like they're like I don't kind of I don't I'm not totally in love with like the twiggy design of them because I love the Eternals in the comics as our, you know, big chunky, uh, you know, uh, overlords. Um, but I think like, but like they kind of do a good job kind of like, like going from the bottom, you know, to the waist up a bit and making them feel big and, you know, like celestial beings. And so um, I wonder how many of them uh, we will see. We have seen, two in the trailers we have seen uh the head of one in guardians and then we saw one of them was it was that also guardians that we saw the other one in um, oh yes it was yeah. yeah yeah right and so so we've seen two in guardians we saw the head of one and then we saw the one during that uh that whole uh talk um thing and so i wonder if we're gonna get that one um and then because then you know the other big question is is what is the what is being awakened? And I think, you know, on first blush, it is the, uh, it is the, the deviance, but I think inevitably it is a celestial that is, um, that is being awakened. And I hope it's the dreaming celestial because that one always comes around to screw things up. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on from Eternals, Jamie, do you want to talk about Venom too? Cause I know there was kind of an update, a maybe update yesterday. Yeah, so it looks like we m- might get delayed to January. Uh, that was came from Vulture, and uh, and similarly, since on the Eternals track, that could get delayed depending on Shang Chi's box office performance. So we're back in this zone of like, uh, should we start to panic? Are things not? Are things going to get delayed again? Which sucks because going to the movies again is like all I have in my life. 
Um, and uh, and I don't know, like I'm one of the people that love the first Venom, so I'm like really stoked for Venom. Dude, so uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys think? Do you think that we're we're in the danger zone? I'll let go ahead, Jenna. Go you, no, no, go, <laughs> go, 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 go for it. Go, 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 no, Jenna, go, go, go. I, I feel like it is definitely a possibility. I, I felt like it was a possibility when we already delayed it like a week or so ago because it feels like we're back in March 2020 of let's delay things a couple of weeks and hope it gets better and then realize that that's not really feasible anymore. So if it does go to January, that's going to be kind of a bummer. I'm also curious how that will then affect like No Way Home because I know, yes, technically No Way Home could still come out in December, but with Sony, like I don't know how it, how willing they would be to have those releases kind of so close to each other. And then with Eternals, yeah, I know we've spoken about Shang-Chi and about the interesting experiment of it all and whether or not the box office performance could affect Eternals. I feel like it's definitely a possibility because I know, as we've said, Kevin Feige does not want Eternals to go on premiere access if he can help it. So it's just such a weird situation. Like, Jim, what do you think about it? I think the, the, the thing to remember is like, look, we're at the tail end of the year. There are only so many weekends that Venom can can move to to open up where it's not immediately competing with somebody else or doesn't have enough enough runway. And like when we've talked about this before, where look, Venom has, Sony has no option, like no streaming option, and so they need they need that theatrical event for for this movie and so i think a lot of that will just come to is where they if if they move it to be said look they you know they have not moved it yet there these are reports and whatever and i think that like i said i think they are still waiting everyone look i think a lot of eyes are on chung chi i think there were there were positive um signs with the release of free guy right like i think that you know that movie did uh way more than i believe anyone expected it to and continues to do uh continues to do well and so if and that was that's an that was an untested franchise that was that was basically you were going to see ryan reynolds and a lot of people wanted to see ryan reynolds this is a marvel movie that is coming out this would inherently bring more people out to theaters and if it does then i think sony maybe sighs a little bit sigh of re- relief or they're like okay maybe we have a shot here and then depending on how things go just you know environmentally with with the the world and culturally or whatnot um you know if there's a, a good enough runway for it then yeah i think i don't think it'll move but like the only logical place for venom to go is going to be next year and so uh like and, and that is not because they like they it's not because they want to move it you know a million you know four more months out uh, from when it's supposed to come out it's just if the other movies are not going to move yet right like no one's moving spider-man no one's moving dune no one's moving bond but they said at CinemaCon the other day like they are not moving bond and so if they're not going to move bond then like there are only so many places for venom to go and so i think you know while yes you know does it you know does it suck that you know venom is is going to be a casualty here sure because i love that trailer and i want to see this movie so much um if i have to wait a little bit more for it i'm i'm okay that was perfectly said i'm glad that you are like our box office like soothsayer <laughs> like anytime we're all worried we can just go to you and you will help make us feel a little bit better about it um but jim do you want to talk about the armor wars news of the past week yeah i know they had a so- yeah, so uh, so we have we finally have a head writer on Armor Wars in uh, Yasir Lester, who has worked with Don Cheadle before on uh, Black Monday, and I think Don Cheadle is the kind of guy who is incredibly uh, collaborative. Any any of the shows and things that you have seen him in, Don Cheadle has either had an exec producer, you know, role or um, or at least you know creatively, you know, uh, had had a had a part in it. And so if he's able to work with someone uh, again, who he has worked with just goes to show that like, I think we're, we're in for something in for something good in for something special. Look, it's one of those things, wherever Rhodey shows up, he is almost the best, almost always one of the best parts of the things that he does show up in. And so the fact that like, we're going to, you know, let Don Cheadle kind of control the character a little bit more and tell the story that, that he wants to tell here with a collaborator that he's worked with before has me nothing but excited. Like I like that. We're not here having to be like, well, how are these two going to work together? Or what is this going to look like? Like we already have that idea and I'm, I'm all for it. I completely agree. Jamie, do you have any thoughts on this? Yeah, I'm just ready for more Don. Uh, <laughs> put him in my eyeballs. I just watched No Sudden Move, the new Soderbergh. And it's, and it's, and I, and it's just, Don is just, he's, he delivers every single time. And I, and yep. that's like, I'm just so stoked. Mm-hmm. 
Aaron, can you can you finally hear us this time? Are you finally? I can finally hear you. I can turn everything on and off, and then I heard the laughter from my entrance, and then so thank you guys. Um, And yeah, I guess Armor Wars. That's awesome. I I know that Spencer Perry from ComicBook.com loves that that series they worked on together before. So anything pairing the two of them together again is probably going to be good. I also agree with Jim. Lots of the laughs in my screening of Endgame came from anything that came out of Rhodey's mouth while they were planning anything. He's so good. He's just <laughs> so good. I like, one of my favorite moments is just him doing the the choking the yes. you know the air choke. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I agree. And I, like, I, what I love about the Armor Wars thing is I was not expecting them to go with such a like a, a head writer with a comedy background. Like I expected yep. more of the like Mr. Robot alumni that we have on Secret Invasion and more kind of like someone who worked on like a prestige drama. So the fact that we're going, we're leaning a bit more comedic with the tone of the show based off of who you've got makes me really excited because I also feel like Armor Wars has this potential to bring in the really weird Iron Man villains. And I feel like that mm-hmm. is the way you, to bring them in is to kind of be a little bit weirder and kind of more comedic with like somebody like Stilt Man or something like that. So, um, so yeah. Aaron, do you want to talk about Cat 4? Because I know you you have talked about how we always have news break after we're done recording, and then that was especially the case last week. Uh, the post-credits, <laughs> the phase zero post-credit special strikes again. Um, I don't know what it could be this week. We've already opened the gates of Pandora's box like already on Sunday, so I don't know what's waiting for us after we get out of here. But last week, it was Captain America 4. Uh, Anthony Mackie officially signed on. We still got uh, Marcus Spellman um, writing it, who wrote Falcon Winter Soldier, along with, I believe, yeah, Dalen Musson. I want to make sure I get their staff writer's name right. They'll also be helping write the screenplay. We don't know when exactly it's coming out. I think uh, Kevin Feige talked to, I want to say, Collider about it as well. And he's like, oh, we have a date in mind. But these things are very fluid and they change. So I'm like, so you're just not going to tell us, huh, Kevin? And then I immediately <laughs> laughed because I was like, poor Brandon. He's the only one who got raised with that. Is it never enough? Is it not enough? <laughs> but we all want more. But everybody's excited. Everybody's happy to see Anthony Mackie back. No word on if we're going to get Sebastian Stan and Captain America for. But here's hoping that we get some more of the two of them rolling around in fields together <laughs> on the big screen. Perfect. Yeah. Does anyone else have any thoughts on this? Because I know we've we've spoken about it before and I know it was kind of con- kind of confirmed right after Falcon and Winter Soldier ended. But it is definitely nice that Mackie has like cut the check like he is in this movie. Uh, so like what does everyone else think about it? I think it's just going to be one of those things where it'll be interesting to see how the MCU uh, rolls out a bit. Right. To see where on the future timeline that this feels like it will make the most sense to, to fit. Right. Cause we still have lingering in the background, uh, you know, Contessa de Valentine, uh, Valentine <laughs> just putting together her dark Avengers team. And I think, and I, I almost wonder if that's what's going to be the, the catalyst for cap four, right? Like something that started in Falcon and winter soldier will be working, worked on in the background may and come to a blow in, in cap four. I, 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 and so, you know, if we've only seen, uh, you know, Contessa only get, she only, she, Val only has two, uh, heroes right now with Walker and Yelena. Um, will she pick up a Hulk in abomination? Will she pick up, you know, if Trickshot is in uh, Hawkeye, will she pick up a Hawkeye there or will Hawkeye, will Jeremy Renner be bad and like join her, join her team? Like, I think there's, there's a lot of that, that, that is going to happen that to me, it makes the most sense to, to go to, uh, for cap four to happen in. And if that's the case, I'm all in. I mean, I'm already all in, but like, I'll be, I'll be all in twice if that's the case. <laughs> Jamie, what do you think about the Cap Four thing finally being confirmed? Oh yeah, yeah. It felt like it was like, oh, I mean, yeah, we knew. You know, yep. it didn't. It, it was, it was nice to get like the official confirmation, but it wasn't, it wasn't like any big shock. I did like that Sebastian Stan put something about it in his Instagram stories. I think that's a good sign because uh, it'll be, it would be weird if he wasn't in it. Uh, I wouldn't mm-hmm. like that at all. Uh, but uh, I'm just excited for Mackie. I think uh, I think we're it's going to be an interesting new era. Does he I, train? Is he going to train Taurus how to fly? Oh, in I Captain hope America so. 4? He has to. <laughs> 
we need to see that. That definitely needs to happen. Mm -hmm. So, um, all right. Well, so this has been so much fun so far, even with all the technical difficulties. Um, We're going to take a quick one minute break and then we're going to come back and talk about some stuff that Kevin Feige said. And then we're going to talk about what if episode three. So stay tuned. Let's go. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch's sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee, plus 15% off your first order at bolinbranch.com code odyssey. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Phase zero, episode 33 is still going on. We're still having a lot of fun. Um, so Kevin Feige has done some press for the Shang-Chi press tour, and he has said some a bunch of different things that are of note, um, some of them to our very own Brandon Davis and some of them to other outlets. So we're going to talk about some of them. Um, to just start things off, he confirmed to, to Comic Book and to Brandon that Ironheart will be in Black Panther Wakanda forever, um, which I know has been rumored forever, and it was kind of a thing people were speculating about. So I am super excited that he finally can confirmed this. He said, we're shooting Black Panther Wakanda forever right now. And the character of Riri Williams, you will meet in Black Panther 2 first. She, she starts shooting, I think, this week before her Ironheart series. I know there's already been set photos of her on set at MIT. Um, so what does everyone else think about this? Because I think this is just such a cool way to introduce her in the MCU before we eventually get to her show. I was going to say, she's going to get the best Iron Man suit because it's going to be made of vibranium and that's it. Like that's, that's going to be like, there's, it'll be awesome to see, like, especially if it's a, a Riri, you know, Shuri jam piece, basically Uh, like that's going to be uh, like, that's just going to be the the greatest suit of all time. Like there's there. I don't, I don't know how you top that. Um, But, but I, but but it will be cool. I think like, yeah, a lot of the set photos uh, have me, you know, have me excited uh, for, you know, what the possibilities are here and um you know we'll inevitably see her in armor wars i'm sure and then in her own show and so this is good like i i i like when marvel introduces characters in other stories first i'm not i, I, not, I don't dislike you know like a thing like shang chi where that's our first inter- interaction with the character but i love being able to immediately see a new character and how they interact with the mcu at large uh in in that manner first and so i think that's going to be uh i think that's going to be fun mm-hmm. jamie aaron what do y'all think about this um, aaron? i love the <laughs> eve ewing iron uh, saga where she's in Wakanda. It's mm-hmm. very cute. It's very nice. I hope that we get some interplay between her and Shuri as she's kind of a fish out of water because, you know, a lot of the fun of like Riri's character is she's usually the smartest person in the room, but that's clearly not going to be the case. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> in Wakanda forever, she's going to have to learn the ropes along with it. And I think you're right. She's probably going to show up in Armor Wars too, because obviously we're just going to throw all the characters <laughs> with all their crazy sense of armor against each other. Um, so I'm excited to see. There's some other wild stuff from those set photos. Um, that I'm probably going to dance around now that I've talked about it. Uh, don't expect everybody to look the same in Black Panther 2, everybody. So, yeah, yeah, I'm excited. All right. Jamie, what do you think about it? I just, you know, the puzzle pieces are slowly starting to come together for this Black Panther sequel. It's like, and we just have no idea what's going to happen. It's interesting. Like, this is an interesting early thing to know. Um, and it's, 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 it, in, in a way it's almost like more confusing, like, mm-hmm. what is this movie going to be about? Um, but I think it's, uh, I, but I agree with Jim. I like when they introduce people that way. So, um, I think that's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. Jim, do you want to talk about what Feige said about the fantastic four? Not to be confused yeah. with our fantastic four. Right. Exactly. Um, no, I think it's, uh, so, you know, obviously you know, we, we send BD to these things and now, and like there, there's a, sometimes a misconception that I, that I want to clear up really quick is that like, you know, the only questions that people ask Feige are questions, not about the project he is promoting. That is not, that is not the case. That is the stuff that we are generally able to put out first because they don't spoil the project that Feige is there to talk about. And so like, we got to talk to Feige for 10 minutes and Brandon spent a good six minutes 
talking uh, about Shang-Chi and you'll see uh, that stuff I believe is already on uh, our YouTube page. So go, go check that out. Um, but then, you know, so obviously, you know, the, the, the questions have become, okay, well, what else do we think we may get some kind of an answer uh, from Feige? Because Feige is the master at being able to dodge uh, questions that he does not want to answer. Uh, he is, I have never, I've done many an interview uh, in my career. I have never seen someone have the, the dodge uh, stats that uh, that Kevin Feige has. And so naturally, one of the questions Brandon asked him was about Fantastic Four and more. The question was more, uh, you know, we're at a stage in the MCU now where, you know, they are they're casting a lot of newcomers. They're casting a lot of big name uh, uh, faces. But for a franchise like the Fantastic Four, this is one that is going to be around for a while. This is not a one off villain. Is that like so? So how does Marvel put that? together knowing that this is a a crew that they're going to want in the mcu for for a while and uh and so you know kevin feige comes back with a kevin feige answer uh that 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 gives us a bit of insight into what they're thinking right so kevin goes i think the mcu is a beautiful combination of both uh, established actors and new faces i think you look no further than simu and shang li uh shang chi and like like you know chris hemsworth and tom hiddleston uh like tom holland an actor who had not yet been seen by a tremendous amount of people before and then you have Benedict stepping into Doctor Strange, Christian Bale stepping into Thor, uh, into Gore for Thor. It's an always it's always a beautiful combination of both, but it's really about the search for the best actor for the job, whether that actor is known to the world yet or not. Um, I think it, you know it, it's interesting in the choices that he makes here, right? Because yes, Chris, uh, Chris, Tom, Tom, and uh, and Simu were were relative newcomers but they like they were the, the, these were like starting franchises right like or like for the characters where like they're not uh like the, the MCU wasn't really established yet and then so by saying Benedict Cumberbatch gives you uh, gives you an idea that I think when they come to cast this thing one out of the four I'm going to say is going to be a heavy hitter uh, no I don't I don't think you're going to get two but I think one will be a heavy hitter. Three, you'll get uh, you'll get three newcomers here. I agree, and like I'm curious to see what he means by newcomer because it's like even then, like Simu has had like a successful True. Netflix show, and like Hiddleston and Hemsworth were still working in other things. So it's like I'm curious what that court like what that kind of wording means, and if it could be somebody who's like I've had a really long run con, but I this my break as a superhero kind of thing. Like, I'm curious to see what that all means. Jamie, Aaron, what do y'all think about it? Uh, I guess it's like, you know, how people can win best new artists at the Grammys and they've made five mixtapes that have made them like five million dollars. We're going to probably get a little shade of that in there, I'd imagine. Um, also, I just oh, can't. We may have some breaking news, but go ahead. Keep, oh. sorry, keep going. Uh, I mean, uh, is, is it more is it more important yeah. what I'm talking about? It is. Bump me. Bump me. I'll jump in afterwards. Sorry. Okay, I, thought, okay. I thought it was the official Venom moving to, because of oh, the email address it came oh, from, but it's not. No. It's something oh, else. Go okay, ahead. It's okay. not more. All right. Woo. False All right. Uh, all false alarm. <laughs> right. Exactly. Everybody make Cobb. Um, <laughs> I think that they will probably, I think Jim's probably on the money. There'll be one. It'll probably be Mr. Fantastic or Sue Storm who will be like the established actors. And then they might go with newcomers for other things. Although I, I can't imagine with like Ben Grimm that they wouldn't take the opportunity to put the biggest name inside of the big CGI uh, character like they've done before. That might be a way it goes too, but like I'd say one or maybe two of the four. And also, I also believe that Fantastic Four is not going to be the first time we see them. I just don't have any hope mm -hmm. that that's going to happen. In the Spider-Man trailer, there a lot of people pointed out on Twitter that there is a weird with the four light streams. There's a four in it, and I was like, we just keep finding things, guys. Please stop. I can only take so much. We the Mephisto <laughs> stuff, Fantastic Four stuff, other craziness that we're not going to get into here. So, yeah, I think you, you're probably going to get about two out of the four at maximum are established names. Jamie, what do you think about it? 
Oh, I have no opinions on this one, really. <laughs> um, uh, you know, I think this might be the, the time to tell you all a confession that I've been holding deep inside this whole time. And that's I've never even seen a Fantastic Four movie. Not a single uh, one. Mean, no one's going to um, hold that against I know. It's just, uh, and you know me, I'm like the movie person. <laughs> but uh, so uh, I'm excited that this is going to be whoever this cast is. That's going to be my only real cast. I don't think why I ever watch the other ones. Let me just get, get it this way. So, um, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I love it. Um, everyone in the comments is wanting us to fan cast it for the sake of time. I, I think we should maybe do that another day, but if anyone has like one really good casting in their mind, like feel free to call it out. Cause I feel like that would be kind of cool. I, I honestly, I don't, and I don't even want to begin to fan cast this. I huh. just want to be surprised. Okay. See, I was going to say with what Aaron was saying of putting the biggest name as the thing, I feel like Seth Rogen would be perfect. Like he has oh. I think it would be amazing. I just imagining hearing him say it's clobbering time just like makes me so happy. Like I that think is could, inspired. He could really get to the root of the thing in a way that I feel like we haven't gotten in the other movies. Like that is just my go-to. And then also like Glenn Howerton as Reed Richards, because if you've ever seen like more than two episodes of it's always sunny in Philadelphia, he could make that work in a crazy way. So those are my two, but I was curious, like Aaron, do you have any fan casts that you could think of? Oh God, I don't, I don't know. I, all I really want from the movie is some sort of gag where Chris Evans is in it and talks with the Human Torch about, you know, something about motorcycle etiquette or whatever. Like that's all I really want. Either that, or whenever they eventually do Battle World, for him to do it again and do it for him to fight himself. That's all I want. I'm real simple. <laughs> I love that. So, um, Jamie, do you want to talk about what Feige said in about Loki season two? Oh, yeah. So he told Collider um, that it's underway. We're developing it as we speak. The hope is that much of the same team will return. Kate is going on to bigger and better things. So the director search will begin shortly. So, uh, you know, just a matter of we're waiting to see who's going to direct it. Um, It's probably I'm my guess is it's going to be a minute before we get that second season, which is sad. But uh, it's you know, it's Marvel TV is this um, Disney Plus is not like regular TV. Um, Same with Star Wars. Like it's not as frequent. So I think we just have to be patient. I agree completely. Like the one bummer of this is that it does sound like it's a little bit further away than we might have thought it would be. But I'm confident that whoever they pick for a director is going to be really cool. So Jim, Aaron, do y'all have any thoughts on this, too? Are we losing Waldron? Are we losing I him? I don't think so. People thought that we were after the finale because he had like a like the end of timeline or whatever, like the, the screenshot from episode one. He had posted that on Twitter and people yeah. got He was it. being really weird and cryptic about it all. Yeah. So but like, I so hope like, we aren't. Yeah. I yeah, no, too. yeah. Same. Yeah, like, that's the thing. I I mean, look, there's it's got a bit of a runway, right? Like, considering all the multiversal stuff, like it needs to happen after Doctor Strange 2. And so, yeah. like, they they've got a bit of time. Uh, to to figure it out, uh, and uh, we'll and we'll just wait wait and see, right? Like, well, well, in that in that time, like, well, we're gonna get so much other Marvel stuff anyway. Like, we're gonna get Miss Marvel in between. We're gonna get Hawkeye in between. We'll probably get Moon Knight in between, which is the only show that matters. Um, and uh, and then you know, and then we'll then we'll get Loki season two. It'll be fine. Yeah, I will say like my one thing, my one theory is that it has to be before Ant Ant Man three because I feel like the uh, way that yep. Kang factors into that movie, it's like you kind of need to get through whatever Kang's role is in Loki before you get to that. So yeah. I feel like if it's going to come out, it's going to be around that sort of stretch of time. So and then before we get into what if, Aaron, do you want to talk about what um, Feige said about Avengers five? Sure. Um, so basically, we all have been wondering when we're going to get Avengers five and. For Feige, when he's talking to Collider, he said that I think we want there to be a reasonable amount of time from the end game to the start of a new saga, which is already underway and has already started. And then you need time, as you did in phase one, to build that saga before you start bringing everyone together. Uh, in another interview, he also said they also are going to explore what it means to be an Avenger because you got that little like teaser joke at the end of the Eternals trailer about, well, Captain Rogers and Iron Man are gone. So who's going to lead the Avengers? And all of us at home are thinking the same thing. Like what what's going to happen? Like also like, you know, Sam couldn't get a loan. You need money to go fight crime. So someone's going to have to step in to help put the bill for the shawarma so that we can keep <laughs> kicking evil. butt. I don't know who it's going to be. 
you don't know what the composition of the team's going to be either because, you know, everybody does it. Obviously, some people aren't coming back. You know, there are your younger heroes that might step in and substitute for their like older counterparts. So it sounds like we're going to be waiting a second. Um, for me, I just want to know from everybody else, what do you think the storyline they'll adapt for Avengers 5 is? Because I have I have like a, a idea, but I don't know if that's what it's going to be. You should share your idea and then we'll all go around. Okay. Um, I think because they're just adapting the crap out of everything I read when I was in high school and probably <laughs> early college, that we're headed for Civil War 2. And they're just going to oh. start off with that. Oh. All right. And then out of the chaos of them fighting with each other, you will have, you know, created the crucible for a new team to be stronger from them all bickering about not seeing eye to eye about stuff. And that means that there will probably be mutants there by the time that we got to Avengers 5, which would sort of play into his timeline thing about there needing to be a lot of time. Huh. See, I'm completely in a different camp. I want them to do their own version of like a silver bronze age, like Avengers versus Kang story. Cause I feel like we mm. have Kang in so many other parts of the MCU. I feel like that is building to him being the Avengers five villain in some capacity. So I just want some like big, crazy time traveling story that also at the same time introduces us to this new team dynamic of who all of these new Avengers are and how they all interact together. Cause even like the, even the characters that we have confirmed, they have not really interacted with each other. So I feel like that is going to be a huge selling point and a huge, like a, a huge well to go to in terms of story of seeing like Carol and Sam and Dr. Strange and all of these people interact. So I feel like there's a lot of potential there. Um, Jamie, do you have any theories or thoughts? Nope. Um, I'm just waiting to talk about what if, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if they if they do if they tackle something like Avengers Forever, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, another uh, Kang centric ish kind of storyline where Kang plays a little bit more of a hero role there, which I think inevitably is what's going to happen, right? I think. Kang is going to be a villain kind of in the background, like doing things that are villainous in the background to serve his own purposes. But I think inevitably, like. In the same way that, like, I, I mean, I don't understand how but people tried to argue for Thanos's theory, right? Like, I think, like, there will still, like, there will be that bit of amb- ambiguity with Kang uh, uh, as well, and so, and so, we'll see. It'll, it'll be interesting. Like, it, it's. Yes, they, you know, are, are, you know, adapting a lot of things left and right, but where they inevitably fall, you know, especially if the young Avengers are coming together, like I would love to see Children's Crusade, right? Uh, Like that would be, that would be great. Um, So there's a ton of stuff that they can do. I completely agree. I've been in the mindset of like Children's Crusade could be the like Young Avengers show or like WandaVision season two. Like I've definitely been in that camp. Um, All right. So we are going to talk about what if episode three. I know Jamie has to duck out in like 15 minutes. So we will try to get as many of her thoughts as possible. Um, So full spoilers for what if episode three. If you have not. There we go. There's a little banner at the bottom. Um, So this was the episode that I know those of us who hadn't seen it ahead of time were kind of like, what is this going to entail? There's some sort of murder mystery. There's some like it's not necessarily riffing on one particular movie. And so I was curious, just everyone's reaction to it. It is unique. Jamie, you're at the top so you can go first. Um, I, I thought this one was so fun. Uh, it's probably my favorite, but you know, I'm biased. We got, we got my man's back. Uh, Colson's <laughs> back. Um, so, and being very, uh, obsessive and like like almost too much to the point where I'm like do if this had been my introduction to Colson then I he'd be in my camp of okay we know what Colson's into sniffing <laughs> Thor um but in a in addition to uh, uh that I I really loved how dark it was just watching mm-hmm. all of our favorite characters get just assassinated hulk exploding was bleak i thought was so cool i also really loved it was cool to see ruffalo with betty um uh it's a shame we couldn't get live in there because that would have been a neat uh uh, voice thing but i it was a fun episode ultimately like this show isn't necessarily for me um but i i'm loving just how weird it's taking and there are certain voices it was fun to see again and i think they're doing a really good job of casting the voices of people that um that they're replacing uh like lake bell was great and uh as we all know jen and i and well and aaron we are, we're all big fans of lake bell's poison ivy so uh it's cool to see her make the jump uh to over to marvel so i was i was a fan um aaron what about you 
Well, uh, as we were going along, I give them credit because usually mystery stories have to misdirect you until the end. And I sat through half of it like, what the heck is going on? I expected Daniel Craig to walk out of nowhere with a suit and be like, here's what you need to figure out. I was like, where's going on? I'm so confused. And it was really like you said. Also, can I give credit to BD and Jim Viscardi? They keep freaking throwing up these smoke screens about the episodes. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what could possibly happen in, see, in episode three? And I walk into it like unassuming and like, oh, my God, they're murdering everyone. <laughs> Everyone's dying left and right. Um, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I wonder if this is building to some sort of overarching narrative thing now, too. Like, it's like, there's been two episodes now where the last little bit of it's like, is this going to come into, you know, like what's going on later in the season? So I, I'm enjoying, I'm thoroughly enjoying the experience and the art style is, seems to be almost like improving. It's growing on me more and more each week as well. Mm-hmm. Jim, what about you? Since, since, as Aaron mentioned, you did kind of keep a lot of this from us when you had Man, seen I am so finally happy to talk about this episode because I think it's one of like, that, like I said, it was such a surprise. Like we, we didn't see any of this. Like it wasn't even, it wasn't teased. Like when they started putting promos out for this yesterday, I was like, Oh, oh no, don't, don't just, just remind people that it's out. Don't show anything because I think like going into it like that and especially not seeing the, you know, I mean, I did not see the reveal of who the killer was coming. I did not. I was 1000% surprised and it made so much sense. Like it was, it made so much sense. Um, I will say though, having uh, watched it, you know, watched it now, you know, second time, I would not be surprised if this is the episode that maybe starts an overarching story to the end of the season. Um, I think it, it, you know, what it does there, there, there's a lot of potential setups for it. And so I think it would be really interesting, but like, man, it was so great to like, go back to the incredible Hulk, like that, that's that moment in incredible Hulk and just see it, you know, Ruffalo eyes and, uh, and all that, like that was, it was just a, a ton of fun and man, we got to see Hank Pym in the yellow jacket costume like that. It was super cool too. I completely agree. Like this episode surprised me in so many ways that I was not expecting, like just the way, like this showed how far we've gotten with the MCU, just showing like, Captain Marvel and all of the phase one heroes and characters and the Ant-Man universe and just everything all in one sitting was just very cool and kind of surreal to see. I think like I completely agree with Aaron and Jim. I feel like this is potentially leading to something, even if it's like something next season that we get some sort of follow up on, because I feel like whatever new Avengers team they're kind of coming up with in this universe, it seems like there is a lot of potential to kind of move that forward. And like, I know I was talking about this with my boyfriend earlier and like, even I would love a like hope Van Dyne flashback episode that deals with her being in shield, because I think like that whole storyline of it was really cool too. Um, I do think we need to talk about Coulson because he did really get to shine in this episode. And I know Jamie, Jamie is dying over here getting to talk about Coulson again. Um, He like, like you said, his characterization was so like so interesting and almost weird, but in like the best possible way of his obsession with Thor and his password for Steve to get into his computer. So Jamie, I want you to kind of share your thoughts on all of that. Yeah, I, you know, it was interesting because I, um, the Steve of it all was a little confusing because I had initially assumed that this was still going to be like Captain Carter. But if but if Coulson's steving his password, unless he's got a boyfriend named Steve, we don't know about uh, <laughs> Steve Rogers is going to, you know, is going to be a part of the story. I thought that was interesting. It's weird. You know, for people who don't watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., this is kind of the Coulson that, you know, he was, a you know, we last saw him not kind of Captain Marvel in Avengers being very, you know, uh, fanboying over over Cap. And but if you're watching it, if you've watched all seven seasons of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., he's changed so much and mm-hmm. he he would keep his chill now and it's kind of fun to go back to that phase one Colson and and amp him up even higher I will say I kind of wish that when Loki started like icing everything I really thought oh, Colson was going to get impaled and die and I, I think that would have been hilarious just because like the ongoing joke of that Colson just yeah, the amount of times that he has died oh, is hilarious. And uh, and I was kind of like, this is crazy, but I was like, oh, I kind of wanted him to die. Because <laughs> it doesn't matter about <laughs> killing everybody else. Um, I and I thought it would have been funny. I'm mm. like, I'm like, you wanting Coulson to die really means something. Like, that's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, Jim, Aaron, what do you all think about Coulson in this episode? Because I know he was definitely a highlight for me, too. 
Well, I, I really do enjoy him as a character. And I was really sad when he receded into the background of all like the Marvelness because it was fun to have him pop up in all the early entries in phase one. So anytime with Clark Gregg delivering these lines, I think you can tell he's having fun recording some of these things like I was like man I wonder you know like what what if we could bring it like you know bring him back maybe when they do their Captain Britain Corps show slash movie whatever they're gonna do maybe he'll just be along as your audience surrogate to be like what the heck is going on that would be fun but yeah I I enjoyed it I thought it was cool also he is Kenny yeah (laughs) (laughs) dying is a superpower Um, I would love to see like a what if take like, probably not this season, but maybe next season or whatever that is along the lines of like kind of what they had Coulson do in the comics just recently during heroes Reborn. I would love to see a, a Coulson gone bad um, in uh, you know, since we're like, he's just kind of fed up and wants to take matters into his own hands and, and, so, and kind of does that. Like, I think that that would be really, really interesting, but man, there's just hearing, hearing Clark Gregg's voice, as Coulson just feels like a nice warm blanket, right? Like it is just so, it is so weird. It is just so comforting. And, uh, and, and I, and I love it. I love that. And I if you want to see Coulson gone bad, you know, you could just watch the sixth season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, <laughs> but I want to see him put together the Squadron Supreme. No, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, so we talked about it a little bit, but this saw the return of Betty Ross for the first time since um, Incredible Hulk, which is kind of, surreal so what did everyone think about her coming back because it was was that was that Liv Tyler we were looking it up before the show it was another voice actor but like she nailed the like the way that Liv Tyler's voice works I think she did a pretty good job Um, Liv is a specific voice and I thought that she did a good job of that like wispy ethereal kind of thing going Mm -hmm. on yeah. So like, what did everyone think about that? Because I know personally seeing her with Ruffalo Hulk, even in animation was like, this is so weird. Like this works, but it's so weird at the same time. So what did everyone else think about having her back in the fold? I mean, that, like, but that like, that's it, right? Like just knowing that like she is like she is back in the fold, like someone said somewhere that like we're going to we're going to do this. And so we're going to reintroduce you know, Liv Tyler to the world. Like, it just feels like, I don't know, like between that and getting abomination in Shang-Chi just feels like we're about to come on an incredible Hulk Renaissance kind of thing where (laughs) everyone just like totally appreciates everything that came and happened in that movie. And, and I like, that's it. Like it's, it was, it was one of my early favorites in the MCU. I know. And so, uh, it's, it, it's a little bit bewildering that we have gotten this far in the MCU and did not have uh, Betty show up. And so hopefully it is a sign for things to come because I mean, like, look, if she's not in she Hulk or something mm-hmm. like, I don't know, then like, then what, what have we, what have we done? Uh, what, what, what is Marvel doing? Um, but it was just like, it's just, it's one of those things that, Look, the, the Hulk movie is one that you uh, assumed that Marvel just forgot and left on the, you know, the, you know, in a garbage can somewhere. But it, but they didn't. And they've embraced it. And 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 I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie, do you want to weigh in before you have to go do your interview? Yeah, I kind of said it before. It's just it's like it's it's neat to I mean, I've always said, you know, the, the one bummer is that we just didn't get Ruffalo in that movie. And I think that it's mm-hmm. a movie I would watch all the time if we had Ruffalo in it, because like Jim said, it's not a, it's a good movie. Um, it's just a bummer that we don't have him in it. So just like seeing those characters interact with Ruffalo's voice was so neat. And uh, and it, she was also being kind of shady. I, I thought like yeah. the whole that whole sequence was really interesting. Um and, uh, and I think someone said this in the comments. It was kind of cool to see her and Nat together because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, a little love triangle in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aaron, what did you think about it? Uh, I know for a fact I made a joke about them freaking deep faking Ruffalo into Incredible Hulk in an earlier phase zero. So I, my eyebrows, but I was like, oh, my God, no. Like, why are these? <laughs> why is this my superpower? I, can I get can I get something else? Um but it is interesting, like, because, Jim, I want you to know, like, in the Wakanda Files, that book they put out, that's like an MCU, yeah. like, guidebook thing, there's a ton of freaking Incredible Hulk stuff in there. And I, my, I was like, wait, what? You guys have acted like this hasn't existed for, like, a decade. And there's, like, a solid chapter and a half with just Hulk stuff in it. And I was like, could they be priming the pump, like you said, for something yeah. 
coming in the future. Maybe she's in She-Hulk. We know Ruffalo is. Something Something weird's coming. Something strange is coming. I think we, we should need, be expecting Mark Ruffalo. We need that MC reunion, for sure. We really do, yeah. We'll get it. Um, I think we'll get it. Yeah. So, Jamie, do you want to plug anything before you have to head out? I know you said you have to head out. Yes, I'm heading out. Um, uh, always a pleasure. Um, check out, I don't know, uh, my other podcast, Hollywood Already Did It. We're comparing these episodes to um, to old Marvel properties that aren't move, that aren't MCU. And uh, like we just did Howard the Duck and uh, fun stuff nice. like that. So uh, a completely different perspective uh, of, of the show. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that's all on Twitter. Follow me on Twitter, Jamie Cinematics. Uh, as always, a pleasure to be with you all. Uh, shout out to Claire Gregg for, uh, for coming back. <laughs> to us once again we love you see you guys later we love you all right um so uh, the other thing in this episode that i do need to talk about that's hulk related was his death is like it reminded me of that tiktok challenge that's going around of like inflating the lebron james space jam boys until they explode It gave me that energy. So I, I've seen so many tweets and just like reactions to it. I feel like I, people have also compared it to the Ant-Man and Thanos theory before Endgame of mm, the way to yes. kill Thanos. So it, it almost feels like this is a way that proves that this could work. So what did y'all think of that death? Because I know it is something. This was a was an R-rated death that they were able to get away with doing uh, in animation is 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 really what it is, right? Like, there's no way they would ever show something like that uh, in live action. They can't. It would be uh, it would just it would be gruesome. And so, uh, so yeah, so I, I love that. I thought about that Thanos thing so hard. And I want to know what the writer's room conversation was. Because someone had to bring it up. Like, you know, if we do this, that's the first thing these people are going to think of, right? Because you have to think about the internet before you put things out into the ether because it'll just, you know, get misconstrued. I know it's going to be a reaction image for something, like a reaction video for something at some point in the near future. And also, it lets you know that they will go there during this show. I am now terrified of that Marvel Zombies episode because I know that they will go certain places that we would not go in live action. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. Well, like, so that's going to be, yeah. that's going to be something. Well, so going off of that, like Hank Pym's reintroduction as Yellow Jacket was terrifying. Like him being the killer was definitely surprising. And the way that they like nailed the unhinged Hank Pym in the comics of like when he melds with Ultron and just completely goes crazy. I feel like they really condensed that down here while also making him Yellow Jacket. And the episode also revealed that his whole reason for doing all of these murders was because Hope became a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and she died um, two years before. And so he is kind of getting revenge on S.H.I.E.L.D as a concept for killing his daughter so what did y'all think about of that reveal because i know like aaron said like there's there was no way to really guess who the killer was for parts of the episode honestly i Uh, feel like this stemmed immediately from the um uh the the that that scene and i can't remember which movie it was but uh where it's young hank pym yelling at shield mm -hmm. was that was that the first ant-man or is that i think I think it's the first one. Yeah. Yeah. And like, so I feel like, like it basically picks up from there, right? Where like Hank Pym is like super mad at shield and then like, like, and then just quits and then goes off and becomes, you know, like, you know, and then like maybe is like his, you know, the, the hope stuff just kind of happens or whatever. But I feel like that, that though, that dissentment is, is where that began. And it, and it just kind of, took off from there. But I think, look, if there was ever a character that was going to, that's going to go off like that, it's Hank Pym. Cause like he has been, you know, he was, uh, you know, in, in the MCU treated, you know, you know, poorly, I guess, um, or just, you know, he had his issues. And so I think that's where, um, uh, you know, at least in my head canon, that's where, that's where it stems from. It's like an interesting it's like an interesting thing where you mix a lot of the different readings of the situation together. Right. Cause I think as this awful 78 in the comments says like, do you think he went crazy off of the particles like yellow jacket did, which is a good point, but also mm-hmm. the shield thing with hope dying. It's a, I think it's a reference to when black widow said that she ran into mm-hmm. winter soldier in the same place. So like Bucky running around is obviously on them too. Right. Cause they lost yep. him back in the past. Mm-hmm. So there's like a bunch of reasons why he just broke and decided to go on this weird micro-sized homicidal rampage that none of us <laughs> saw coming. 
Um, It's just very, I I mean, they're like, once again, that's another side of the coin of this whole Hulk exploding thing where they were not going to have him go crazy in the movies and live action because of what happened. At least I, I don't know if they will or not. I don't think so. It doesn't look like it, but they are totally free to do that here. Mm-hmm. They're completely free. And you're going to see some other stuff that you're like, Oh, that was interesting from comics probably pop up before the season's over too. Well, and I will say, I love the fact that like Hank is at the center of this because in the comics, um, Ant-Man and Wasp were part of the original Avengers. And so not mm-hmm. having that in the MCU was kind of a little bit of a bummer. And so I like the way that this is kind of turned on its head of, oh, he is responsible for making the Avengers never happen, like for killing all of them off. I thought that that was really cool. And then we also get Loki content in this episode. Um, he came down because he wanted revenge for Thor's death and he ended up helping Fury and fighting Hank Pym. And then he took over Earth. He just was like, I'm just going to rule Earth now. And <laughs> get everything I wanted out of the first Avengers movie. Um, I know I've seen some speculation online. Do we think this could be like President Loki or King Loki or any of the other iterations? Like, is that could could that be the origin story of it? Like, what do y'all think? Look, there was a Loki that they showed us in the trailers that we did not see in the show. And I wonder Mm -hmm. if that is being saved for season two. Like, I wonder if they've almost maybe cut some content from filming the first season and have saved it for season two. And that this King Loki and what if will be that King Loki variant in Loki season two. Hmm. That could be cool. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any theories? Uh, I think that, you know, I, it, it's we've gotten so far away from sometimes where you remember in phase one and phase two, like the villains would just be there for that thing and we're going to defeat them and you might never think about them again. Right. But it seems like we're really leaning into like, oh, no, like he really could pop up in season two. This is how crazy it's gotten. Jim's big galaxy brain theory is totally on the board. It's totally fine. Like, yes, totally. it's completely feasible, completely Absolutely. feasible. And I mean, literally, we've seen him escape into the uh, time stream with the freaking with the test rack before. I have money on that being how he gets away here as well. If he does, in fact, get away and get into live action universes because they just like those cubes, man. It's like cats with those toys. They just like it. it's like, <laughs> oh, I want I want. Um, so, yeah, I think that that we could see him again. And I think that that's going to be possibly like if there is a big bad of this, uh, what if season, it'll probably end up being him. And unfortunately he'll probably end up getting used by someone more uh, powerful than him because that's what Loki's do too. (laughs) Um, And then finally the episode ends with Fury going back and getting Steve out of ice. um, Since we had all been kind of wondering what was happening to him this episode. And then Captain and it seems like they're kind of forming their own Avengers team. So I, as I kind of said at the start of the discussion, I feel like this is building to something. I don't know what. I don't know if we're going to see these characters cross over with like Captain Carter and Star-Lord T'Challa and everything else, but it feels like there's some sort of nugget here that they're going to continue with. So what do y'all think about that? Um, I, I popped so hard when he pulled out the pager. <sighs> Cause I was like, what? Cause you know, we're firmly in like, Oh, phase one land. And then it's like, Oh yeah, I've had this the entire time. Like this is, this is the <laughs> contingency plan right here. Like little Hank Pym ain't going to do nothing against Carol. That's not going to work. Um, so I think, yeah, I think we're building the team. And then I guess you have Captain Carter, Captain America from that universe, uh, T'Challa. And I would imagine that we might get some version of Dr. Strange from these, uh, from like, from like the images we've seen. And then, uh, Carnival, Carnival Cape Spider-Man at some point. <laughs> Not Tom Holland. Stevia Tom Holland will probably be a part of the team too. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jim, what, do you, what did you think of the ending? Uh, I think like you said, you said, I think like this, like this may be it. Like this may be them building to, to something else, right? Like the, I know at first we were like, I, I don't see it. I don't see it. I don't see it. But I think this episode is the, is potentially the big game changer uh, episode where we, it may now start uh, connecting and maybe that is why we didn't get episode four to watch ahead of time. And so if that's the case, then then let's go. I love it. Yeah, I completely agree. So I, I think that's it for our what if discussion. This has been so much fun. Um, just before we wrap things up, Jim, I guess, Jim, you're at the top of the screen. Do you have anything you want to add? No, uh, the only other thing I, I want to add, just it's a total, like it's a Marvel thing, but totally not necessarily on our radar. There's a new mobile game out called like Future Revolution, mm-hmm. and it's um, it's pretty good. 
I played uh, I played a little bit this morning before I started. And if you like playing uh, uh, games like Future uh, Future Fight or whatever, uh, this is that on steroids. So, you know, if you're a mobile game person, it's kind of like an MMO in a sense. So uh, check it out. I'm having fun with it. Let me know and, uh, you know, tweet me your your player name or IDs or whatever, man. And I'll add you if I get a chance. I had seen a couple of tweets about that, but I wasn't sure how it was. So I, I will definitely have to check that out. Yeah, for sure. Aaron, I also want to say, Jenna, you've done a great job today. Thank you so much. I feel like I've just been internally screaming for the last hour. So I'm glad that this has been going well. Um, <laughs> Aaron, I, do you have anything final to add? I, I did not help with the internal screaming. I apologize <laughs> so much for those of you at home. We're I'm happy a, that you're here. I'm here on a Wi-Fi hotspot because our Wi-Fi went out the second I got on. <laughs> It's delightful. <laughs> it's never, never a dull moment. But Jenny did such a good job. Thank you for uh, leading us through as Brandon runs through a, a terminal in Las Vegas looking like the freaking weekend. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yeah, this this was fun. This was absolute like I, I had like a panic attack as I was falling asleep last night of like, how am I going to do this? But I'm, I'm glad that it seems to have turned out well. Um, you can find Jim on Twitter at Jim Viscardi. You can find Aaron on Twitter at Summit Lake Hornet. You can find me on Twitter at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn. Um, if you haven't already, please follow our show on Twitter. Um, follow comic book on all of the relevant social media platforms. Please subscribe to phase zero. If you're not already doing so either on Twitch or on your podcast form, preferably both because we would definitely appreciate both. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody so much for joining in with us. Um, also lizard Two Twenty Six. feel like we have to get them in there <laughs> somewhere. Um, <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>